Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guests from the American Cancer Society, Christina Kelly and Emily Vega, both working on the events that keep us connected to the important activities and work of the organization. And also Christine Olson joins us. Her connection is that she was given that bone-chilling diagnosis. And the good news is that she is here to share her incredible story today. So good morning, ladies. It is truly just such a gift to have you all with us this morning. And we have such important stories and messages to share. So we're going to get started with the real focus, first of all, of why we have gathered here this morning. So Emily, give us some of those basic facts right off the bat. Absolutely. So did you know that one in eight women will be affected by breast cancer in their lifetime? That's why we're here today, to talk about that one in eight and those seven women who can be saved um, with the help of the research patient care from the American Cancer Society. American Cancer Society sounds big, but it's actually here in our community in Washington and in Seattle itself. Today, we're going to talk about the ways that you can take easy steps to fight breast cancer in our community easy and in a way fun and very uh, promoting of our own good health, right? Absolutely, yes. And so that event that we're going to give more details about in a bit is coming up uh, in October, but we really want to get the ball rolling now. Yeah, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but what we like to do here at the American Cancer Society is start right here in August. So we'll spend August, September, and October raising funds and awareness for breast cancer And our walk on October 20th is really the true celebration of our hard-won efforts and um, a celebration of survivors and those who support them. That's great. And so, Christina, you have really been immersed in traveling between Washington State and Alaska and getting this all organized for the walk. You're the woman, though, who has a lot more of the statistics for us. So tell us why, besides that really strong number of one in eight, what else goes on that we should really feel compelled to be committed to helping? Um, Well, breast cancer is probably the most frequently diagnosed cancer in women. Last year, we had 246,600 women diagnosed with breast cancer. When they hear those words, you have breast cancer, it's usually it's the second leading cause of death in women. The good news is we've made a lot of accomplishments in the fight against breast cancer. Um, more people are surviving the disease. More people are diagnosed earlier because we've done a good job getting the information out there about self-exams. Um, you know, this, the sooner you can discover the cancer, the higher your chances are for survival. And it's very good. We have women now who are surviving cancer that five years ago would not. And that's what our, that, that's what making strides against breast cancer, the walk, that's what it's all about. It's raising those funds so that we can pay for the research that provides treatments, provides life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think of it in terms of uh, fundraising. Maybe that makes us feel, you were saying, Christina, some people feel uncomfortable. So maybe we feel uncomfortable. We feel inadequate. Like, how can I possibly do that? Who am I? Other people may really feel like, yes, you know, let's let's go forward Mm -hmm. and do it. But as we kind of chatted about earlier, 
the fundraising piece, we might really think of it as a bank account or as an investment account that we have because of the way that cancer strikes. Absolutely. You know, we know that um, in order to pay for our research, we have to be out fundraising. Fundraising is a tough word right now because there's so many of us out there and it's a political season and they're asking for money as well. So, you know, I look at it as we know that in our lifetime, one in three women will will be diagnosed with cancer and one in two men. So for me, I'm going to bank that. I'm going to raise that money. I'm going to bank it for the future because I know that if I am not diagnosed with cancer of any kind, someone I know will be. And um, that's how I can help. You know, and, and fundraiser is a, I get sweaty palms just thinking about the idea of having to go out there and raise money. But it's really, if you look at all the things you do in your daily life, there are certain ways you can monetize. Like if you have a Sunday barbecue and invite the neighbors over, say, hey, it's a $10 donation for making strides against breast cancer because um, I'm in. You know, I'm, I'm going to help myself. I'm going to help all of you. Or a wine tasting. Last year I did a wine tasting, and I had several bottles out, and I, you know, people paid to, to taste wines. It was a lot of fun, and the underlying threat is you know, I raised money you know, for breast cancer. So it's not, um, you know, as um, Emily has said, sometimes it's just you know, if you can earn, you know, raise $10 a week, that's two lattes. Uh, you know, it, it isn't as, uh, it shouldn't be as anxiety as I have when it comes to fundraising. It should be fun. And, you know, when you get a group of people together to do that, after that first step, it becomes a bit addictive. So you start raising money um, and then thinking, what can I do now? Um, a lot of people have community garage sales, you know, and that that's all the team. That's all the team's money. So it's not as difficult as it might seem when you first hear that word. And I have certainly heard from past guests and people's experiences how sometimes children get this idea like, I don't need any more toys or anything. I have too much. Uh, if you want to give me funds or if you want to make a donation, children are that aware that they want to help. And, oh, yeah. you know, they, they send those dollars that way. Uh, people do it for, I've heard, for wedding gifts. You know, I don't mm-hmm. need any gifts. But because of a, of a mother, a daughter, a, a friend being diagnosed with breast cancer, let's just put those funds you would spend towards this research. Yeah, you got to love parents who are raising kids to do that. That's amazing. My birthday's next month, and and that's what I've done for the last few years is said, in lieu of a present, would you make a donation to the American Cancer Society? Um, you know, and it's just, it's things like that are just, it's like having a, um, you know, a bank account that, that you know at some point, if you have to draw on that, you've contributed to it. Yes. Um, and the the day of the event is fun. It's just a lot of fun. So, you know, because we're celebrating survivors. We're celebrating those. We're walking with those who are currently battling cancer. Um, and, you know, we're honoring those who have left us. Yes. So. so that word cancer, you were going to say that's something that we really don't want to ever hear mentioned in terms of us personally. Yeah. The last thing anyone ever expects to hear is you have cancer. It happens to somebody else. And with women, you have breast cancer is something that we, you know, it's something we fear 
and something we know potentially can happen to us. So we are privileged to have with us someone who heard those those words, and we're privileged because she heard those words. She's here sitting with us, uh, a very impassioned, committed woman. So we have with us Christine Olson, so that we will learn more about Christine and her story, and I think we'll probably find that it resonates in various ways with us. So Christine, welcome. So, Christine Olson, welcome. It is such a privilege, really, to see you seated here, looking really dynamic and wonderful. Sweet How are you, you feeling? Sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. I am. I definitely uh, look back over the last year and a half and, you know, 11 surgeries, 34 days in the hospital, every complication you can imagine. And uh, sometimes I'm overwhelmed um, thinking about it, to be honest with you. But you get through. And, you know, when you have kids, you fight and you fight for them. And that's definitely what I continue to do. And I am so committed to anything that I can do for the American Cancer Society to save my children from going through what I went through. So a year and a half. That was a year and a half you heard those words, you have breast cancer? Yes, And what led you? uh, There are so many things you said that just are overwhelming me, but what led you to the doctor to actually then receive that diagnosis? I know. I think that's really such a story because I hadn't had a mammogram in several years, and I was going through this significant change in my life. I um, was getting away from a difficult situation. I had just moved away from family and friends. I was having to recreate myself professionally. And I also wanted to be a good example to my kids of let's, you know, really focus on healthcare and taking, you know, all the effort that you can to get all that screening and testing on time. And so I decided, um, you know, with my doctor, I'm like, you know what, this is a time in my life where I definitely don't have a lot of extra funds, but definitely you know, feel like I want to get all of my testing back on track. And one of them was mammogram. And that was helped through the American Cancer Society to make that possible. And it was 3D imaging. And I walked into that thinking, oh, geez, I'm taking time away from my daily life, from work. You know, I don't have any signs or symptoms. There's no history. I have done everything, you know, very on top of it as far as the things that you can do to prevent that. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this for my kids so that I can go back and say I, you know, went and got my testing back on track. And um, never in a million years did I think that there would actually be a diagnosis. And um, three days after Christmas, you know, they had called and said, oh, we need to have you come back in. And and they knew. They were ready for me. They had a, a series of doctors lined up. Seattle has such amazing cancer care. We're very lucky, lucky here. And, uh, yeah, went in and um, was not prepared for those words at all. Even though that sounds like such a suspicious situation, I still was like, it's not, there's no way. I mean, that's definitely not going to be something that is going to happen today. They're and just taking extra precautions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so when, uh, I mean, I can still remember my head spinning, you know, Literally, the doctor who told me having to pick me up by my shoulders and, you know, look me in the eyes and say, you know what, you're strong, you're, you're going to fight this. But I was um, completely overwhelmed. And uh, fortunately, my son was home from um, college on his um, holiday break. 
And he was actually there with me. But he, at this point, he had been sitting in the waiting room for hours and hours. And he knew in the back of his mind that there was something wrong. And um, when he tells the story, he just says all of a sudden he got really hot and the room got really small. And then the receptionist left and turned the lights off. And he was sitting there by himself and having to walk out and tell your child that you have breast cancer. And is yeah. I don't think we can know what it is unless we're living it. But I can see how... You're still living it. I mean, it's yeah. only a year and a half or so yeah. ago. So, and it may never, that emotion is so ingrained, it yeah. may never leave. And that's what we have to realize too how strongly that impacts us. And again, just in the, that aside, why it's important to be able to have all the equipment and the, the staffing to make these diagnoses. Exactly. Because obviously, even though it was devastating news, mm-hmm. Here you sit with us yes, looking, exactly. as I said, really vibrant. Oh, well, I have hair now, so that's an <laughs> exciting, <laughs> exciting change. So, But, you know, it's the research dollars that saved my life. I mean, they found this very aggressive breast cancer that was a teeny tiny spot. And they said, it's just amazing. We never catch, you know, this aggressive triple negative breast cancer this early. It's just ironic that you happen to come in for a mammogram at this time, it's just, you know, one of those, <sighs> someone looking over your shoulder and uh, definitely were able to diagnose me with a better prospect for the future than most people who have triple negative, who don't um, get it caught so early. And so having the research dollars that went into the 3D imaging yes. saved my life. And at that point, they said most of the cancers that look like yours are BRCA gene So they immediately sent me to genetic testing, and all the advances in that were able to confirm that it was a BRCA2. And so then they could treat me, you know, accordingly and were able to make other diagnoses because, you know, that means you have an 80% chance at birth that you are going to get breast and or ovarian cancer sometime in your life. And that's pretty overwhelming. And there again, that research, a lot of it having been done locally here in Seattle. Exactly. Is because, again, all of us should be able to feel proud that we have contributed to that. And it needs to continue so we can, if we haven't been, exactly. be part of it by doing the investment for the future and, and you know, making those donated dollars really count. Most definitely. I just... Constantly, I'm saying, what can I do? How can I help? I don't ever want to say no to some way that I can make a difference so that, you know, my kids and the people who now have gone for genetic testing who know that they have that gene aren't going to have to go through what I went through. And you would rather not have gone through what you did to be saying that, but you've taken that. It seems as though you're looking at it as some form of gift, and you're really committed to giving back. And that's why you sit with us this morning to share this story, Christine. So I am grateful that you, you are so willing to share the story. And I'm overwhelmed. You said 11 surgeries? I know. That's what it took? That's one thing that I didn't realize is uh, women who go through breast cancer treatment, that's not an unusual story. The complications um, can be huge. So they're... 
are just so many different ways that you can possibly have issues. And I thought, okay, this will just be one quick surgery. I've never had surgery before in my life. I thought, okay, this, you know, we can do this. This is no problem. I had no clue that it would end up being what it was. But you fight and you take it one day at a time and eventually you feel good again and you have hair and you (laughs) (laughs) can get back to somewhat, you know, semi normal life looks like and move forward and try to help those behind you that are, you know, dealing with it right now and um, try to change it and make a difference so that others don't have to go through it. So you obviously were having really good care and attention along the pathway. Excellent. Right. So the best doctors and and, uh, medical staff. I feel like it. When I would sit in the waiting room, people from all over the country, you know, it was unusual that I would be sitting next to somebody that would actually be from this area. It would be people from, you know, all over everywhere who were flying in to be treated here. So did it feel any differently to to know that you lived here and you had this so much more readily available? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Even before being diagnosed, I've always thought that, you know, very fortunate to live in an area that not only has great care, but where a lot of the research is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, It, you know, it's part of the vibe of Seattle being very innovative and, you know, some of the best researchers in the country. So maybe, again, another reason we should feel that we benefit so greatly and because of those benefits want to really be more predisposed to giving back, finding ways to Definitely. do that. Definitely. I mean, I continually thank people who have ever given in the past because that those are the dollars that saved my life. But we are on the cusp of so many breaking edge, the things that are really going to change the way that cancer is treated going forward. And I just uh, want to do whatever I can to help raise those dollars that's actually going to make those breakthroughs happen. Because with your story, we can really see, Christine, that because of the 3D imaging, you know, and that you didn't have any symptoms, you would not have gone to see a doctor maybe for a year or longer. Exactly. And they said it most likely would have killed me within two years. That just... uh, I probably would not be here right now. Yeah. But you are. I am. Yes. And again, we just need to feel so blessed and really so privileged to be part of this. But that comes with, we're going to say with a cost, the cost being that we're all invested. Definitely. That we want to be part of the solution. Yeah. And it's one of those, I just never thought it would be me. And no one ever thinks it will be them. And Unless you uh, maybe, you know, know about some genetic predisposition, which, uh, you know, more and more people are getting tested just preventatively for that, which is fantastic. But when you look at a room and you are talking to a large group of people and it's like, look around. I mean, it's going to be one in eight women for breast cancer, one in three women for any type of cancer, one in two men for any type of cancer. Um, It's really something that we all need to take personally so you can't just hear other people's stories and go oh you know that's gosh good for her for making it through or Mm -hmm. you know pat on the back for you know reaching out and trying to make a difference they have to really go this could be me like this this could be me with having to tell my children and um then that's one of the hardest things of the whole process is having to tell people i definitely have to say it just breaks your heart thinking how it's going to impact your kids and how 
you're going to get through, you know, the whatever it is ahead of you, because at that point you don't know, you know, what the treatment looks like and how chemo is going to hit you and how you're going to keep a roof over your head and what insurance is going to look like in the future and how having that diagnosis might keep you from, you know, uh, being able to have future health care that you need and um, have to have. And it's and it's scary. It's very scary. Yes, those are all really important considerations to keep in mind, you know, as we look at that whole exactly. wavy landscape of health care and health insurance and such. So exactly. that's that's in the background. With telling your kids, you said your son was with you, your daughter's uh, younger than he. How did she receive the news? It was overwhelming for her, definitely. Um, I think it, she personalized it in a whole different way. And it's um, something that, you know, she has to come to grips with. And my son, I think, was able to get into the let's make a difference, let's, you know, change the world place um, pretty quick. And I know my daughter will get there. I know she will. Mm-hmm. And um, But he's just being a great example for um, friends and family and and definitely, um, you know, his heart's in it. And I love seeing, you know, he's in his, he's actually turned 23 yesterday. And um, I think it's a struggle these days for a lot of um, people that age to get involved because they're kind of overwhelmed with, you know, how expensive it is to live and working really hard and um, having to put more hours into things than maybe other, you know, the rest of us did when we were 23. But for him to be able to find the time to still be volunteering and making a difference and also speaking for the American Cancer Society, I think is just a great example for everyone around him that, you know, you can make time. And it definitely will make a difference. And uh, that impact, he spoke with uh, me last weekend in Spokane. He had his first standing ovation. Mm -hmm. And that, he's like, oh, my gosh, Mom, that was the most amazing feeling. That makes me want to do it again. And that made me feel like those people really heard our story. And they really felt it. And, you know, after we finished, we both just had this long line of people that just wanted to come up and give us a hug. And just thank us for sharing and including the researchers who were there who said, hearing your story is why we do what we do. And um, for him to be able to be a part of that and to feel – because he he shared his story about sitting in the the waiting room and having to, you know, um, wrap his arms around his mom who was crumbling and try to – after – you know, having mom be the strong one for him to have to be the strong one. And uh, that broke every mom's heart in the room, <laughs> so, as you can imagine. But he was willing to be vulnerable and uh, share the heartache oh. that he had to go through. And having to wheel me into surgery after surgery and having to, you know, get phone calls from the surgeons saying there have been complications and having to um, just live everyone's worst nightmare but for us to be able to be where we are today and like I said yesterday was his birthday and we got to go out and celebrate and be in fun places in Seattle and be ourselves again and be at the place where you can look back and see that all of those pits really you persevered through them I think that then comes to the place of 
giving hope to those who might be in the process or will remember this if that's a journey they end up having to go Definitely. on. I had some really dark, dark, dark days and dark times and chemo hit me really hard. And that was, you know, chemo and losing your hair and eyelashes and eyebrows and you know, not being able to eat and um, but yet still trying to be as healthy as you can be and, uh, you know, having to sleep on the floor with your legs up in the air because that was the only way you could get through the bone pain. And um, just everyone has a different story, but chemo is hard. Chemo is rough. And my particular cancer can only be treated by hard chemo. Radiation uh, or hormone th- hormone therapy um, don't impact it. So they just had to really... Uh, knock me out with the chemo and it was it was rough and uh, those surgeries were very invasive um i you know you see pictures on the internet and what i went through looks way worse so <laughs> it was going through um seeing your body being something that doesn't even look human you know wow. for a length of time and being able to keep your chin up and know that we have great doctors and reconstructive surgeons that are going to help you feel normal as much as they you look can. super normal you look, <laughs> honest, you look so great well you know with what you're describing how awful it was but to know and there's that hope of so much exists today to make that difference we don't live in that post-surgery and yeah. having potentially missing parts yes. no we have great Things going on in our community, in the world. But again, what I'm going to do is take it back to what makes that all possible to have you yeah. sitting with it's us. the research Christine. dollars. It's research. Those research dollars are why I'm here, 100%. Yes. And uh, American Cancer Society is, you know, the one that is a part of all of those research breakthroughs. And so if you're going to look for a way to impact cancer, it's American Cancer Society that is a part of what is making a difference, why I am still here and why this is where I want to be able to say, I trust immediately when I got treated, I wanted good information and I went to them because I knew that that would be credible. It would be the most accurate. And there's a lot of varying information out there on the internet. And I utilized their resources for the information I utilized during treatment. They have great programs that just help you get through it, you know, to help you, you know, with your hair and to help you know how to take care of your, you know, skin that will never be the same again. And I did art classes. I learned how to play the ukulele. But all of those things were support groups, basically. And you would meet great people and um, hear everybody's story. But not everybody in those different classes and things that I went through uh, made it. Like throughout my treatment, Mm -hmm. I watched people not be able to come back and then find out that, you know, they lost their battle. And so we... We have a lot of research that still needs to be done. Yes. And so that's where, again, we can have an important role. And, Emily, we have this great opportunities in the Making Strides coming up. And uh, mm-hmm. we can make it fun. I mean, you were mentioning earlier about teams. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best things about Making Strides Against Breast Cancer is just how fun we make it. The event is really centered around celebrating life and celebrating those who have lost their life to this battle, as Christine mentioned. So pink is our color. You've probably seen pink is breast cancer. 
we make the event really fun this year. It's at Gasworks Park, which is just a gorgeous backdrop of the city of Seattle. Um, and then we'll walk into the Fremont neighborhood, which is equally as beautiful. We encourage teams to sign up and come out, come get dressed up, wear a tutu, wear a superhero costume. We don't care. We just want to see your spirit for this issue of breast cancer. We're also going to have a dog competition, so best dressed dog competition. <laughs> um, just trying to get you know more people from our community to, to come out and show their spirit for this um, very important issue. Yes. And we should all be inspired and motivated to get into a bit of a competitive mode here and raise those funds, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe find uh, friends that want to have a competing team. But bottom line is just wanting to raise as much as we can because we heard Christine's story and we heard the statistics that Christina shared with us about what goes on. So how do people register? Yeah, absolutely. It is free to register, which is a unique part of our walk system. It's absolutely free to register. And we do this because we would rather you come out and support your community rather than exclude you for not being able to contribute in that way. So you can go to www.makingstrideswalk.org and you can look up the walk nearest you. We have walks in Seattle, Everett, Thurston, and Tacoma. So there are lots of ways to get involved if you're just, you know, passing through Seattle listening to this wonderful radio program. Yeah, we would love to see you at the Seattle Walk on October 20th. At a lovely place right on Lake Union. Lovely. Yes, (laughs) Gasworks Park. Well, I am just so grateful to each of you, to Emily, to Christine and Christina, for being here this morning to share the stories, the statistics, all of that, you know, rolled up together is so compelling, so important for each and everyone's future as we're listening to this. So thank you, ladies, for being here. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Christine Olson, Emily Vega, and Christina Kelly, and Sunday Morning Magazine with Carrie McBride with the Alzheimer's Association. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the on-air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of finding connection with each other and the community. Get your walking shoes ready. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.